0: Hello again, everybody. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. And with me, as always, is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this evening?
1: We're back. It's been uh, about a week and a half. Of course, we missed Easter and we uh, pushed Sunday's show to today. But uh should be a good one. I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Uh,
0: how would you describe the premise of this? It's like what? The early surprises? Early- yeah,
1: early season standouts that you probably haven't heard about. That was the caption I put on the Facebook video. So that's what I'm sticking with.
0: All right. Well, uh and of course, I had to make things complicated. You know, I've been falling in love with these uh the idea that I can go into fan graphs and just go crazy with the filters. So I'm going I through fil- your
1: filter phase. I'm
0: going through my filter phase, you know, some people love to use Instagram filters, TikTok <laughs> filters. I'm all about that fan graphs filters. And for this exercise, Sean, I don't know how you did it over there, but for this exercise, I look for players who had at least more than 40 plate appearances, more than four doubles, two stolen bases, less than 25% strikeout rate, more than 8% walk rate, and on base percentage of 340 with a weighted on base average of 350. And these are the results that I got. And the first guy I'm going to talk about is Jorge Mateo. Normally, I don't really, I'm not, a, not the biggest Jorge Mateo fan uh, ever at all. I think he strikes out way too much, but this year he qualifies. He got below that 25% yeah. threshold, and and lo and behold, you have one of the more exciting players in all of baseball right now. My only concern is maybe you can uh, question or answer my question here is that he only has 56 plate appearances. I figure maybe the Orioles missed some games for weather purposes, but then I saw that uh, of all the Oriole player regulars, he still has the least amount, and then I realized maybe it's because – he bats ninth, but still it's, it's a hell of a discrepancy. Any, any thoughts on that with yeah. uh, why he only has 56 plate appearances so far?
1: So of course, you know, they have a kind of a glutton of infielders there. Uh, Mountcastle has to play Ramon Urias has to play uh, Gunner Henderson has to play um, roster resource right now has Gunner at, as their DH, which I'm not sure how often he's DH. He's played third base, uh four times in the last week shortstop once uh but Mateo has really played a lot of the shortstop for them uh he's the better defender he was a very good defender for them at shortstop last year so Brandon Hyde trying to get some defense in the lineup and of course as well as he's been hitting to start the year um they're going to run with the hot hand so it was kind of i guess to start the year they they wanted Gunner at short and um I'm trying to remember who they had at third base, I guess it still would have been Urias and then Adam Frazier, former batting title champion. Adam Frazier, I believe. Uh, yeah, I at, so. at second base. So I think at first he was kind of the odd man out, but he's just kind of hit so well to start the year that they've kind of made him a regular as he's played basically every game uh, for the last two weeks. Well, the other thing that's
0: impressive about Jorge Mateo is the fact that uh, he's, excuse me here. The Orioles are, like you mentioned, they have a, they have depth at infield. And not just the names that you mentioned, but they they got guys waiting. They already got Terran Vavra off the bench. And that's a guy we talked about late last season. Remember yeah. him? Uh, he was called up pretty late last year. Uh, second baseman, he's been playing right field sparingly. As he tries to find some uh, playing time,
1: kind of the ultimate utility guy for them. you know, he's played up the middle. He's started to learn the corners just in the last like year. or So Um, that seems to be a little bit of a clear path to playing time, possibly Um, still more of a utility role for him now as well. But like you said, they, they do have a lot of depth
0: because in their minors, they still got joy Ortiz and they still got Jordan Westberg, uh who those are two guys i had listed as players to look for and i did and that's part of the reason why i didn't go after jorge mateo and fantasy drafts this year because man if he falters because he, i mean if you look at his career it's just let's look at the strikeout rate really quick with jorge mateo 39 26 27 that's even high and even in an era like this it's pretty damn high yeah and um they got the Orioles have options. Either you bring you you bring up Vavra from the the bench, or you bring up those two guys I just mentioned, Westberg and uh, Ortiz, and all of a sudden Jorge Mateo might be in trouble. But somehow, some way, he finally realized that maybe he shouldn't uh, strike out so much. I guess, and it's led to him having just these ridiculously high numbers. I know it's still early. It's a 389 BABIP, but uh, we're not about trying to figure out fluky or what but this I mean it stands out that's the whole yeah. point right it stands out um and I just want to look at this plate discipline numbers really quick uh at the bottom of his fanguard page yeah he's being more patient than ever before this year mm-hmm. uh usually when guys um have show, ha- have shown a discrepancy in patience at the plate uh it w- tends to kind of regress back to the meme I know that's a term used a lot but in this instance I can see him go like he's only at 26.8% outside the strike zone swing percentage. I could see him it go back to 35% more towards his career norms. But Hey, for those who drafted Jorge Mateo early on this, this uh in draft season, uh, kudos to you. I mean, you got yourself, a a guy who, who has been producing and, uh, all of a sudden on my end, Sean, my fangraphs has gone haywire, but I'm slowly <laughs> but surely trying to get to the standard page
1: to well, make I'll, sure I'll, that I, I can save you a little bit here because I just want to
0: know how many stolen bases. Is eight, it eight? eight it eight. is eight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah,
1: Jorge Mateo, um, and his major league career so far, uh, since being called up, and I believe it was 2020 was the first year. Yep, with San Diego. Huh. That that seems like a forever time ago, but yeah. Never had a whiff percentage below 30%, Uh 35 in 2020, 30.4 and 21 and 30.9 in 2022. So far this year, whiff percentage, 23.2. As you mentioned earlier, chase rate is down from 36.5% last year to a shade under 25% and on pitches in the zone. He's making contact on 86 and a half percent of them. That's up nearly 10 points from where he was last year. And he had a lot of playing time last year and it was kind of, you know, he had fits and starts where he was really good and then he was really bad. But the one thing that kept him on the field was his defense as, you know, he was one of the best uh, defensive shortstops in baseball last year, according to outs above average. And I believe it was like UZR or DRS hated him. But OAA loved him. So uh but Jorge Mateo doing the the things that you would expect to see in you know an early season hot streak, uh making more contact, chasing less. Um, and then the kind of shocking thing is the exit velos are up last year. He was like 85, 86 percent more of like the, the slap type header, uh, to use his speed. Uh, but this year, 92 and a half uh miles per hour on the average EV. Uh career high and max EV already as well. So maybe a little bit more power is coming. Um, mm, I, I, I I I don't, I don't think so, but you know. Well, well here's you never the thing, know. he never thing, man. He's
0: posting career high, 48.7% ground ball rate to me. That just shows a but, but guy
1: that's for him. That's good.
0: Uh, well, that's what I, that was my point. <laughs> that was my point for him. It's good. Cause he can utilize that speed and then get on base in that manner uh so but there is a lot of flukiness to him it's a, high, a career high pull rate it's a career high uh fan graphs, hard hit rate as well is it the same at stack cast yeah career high stat cast so it looks like he's just yeah. he's hitting the ball harder but he's hitting it to the ground but that's okay because oh wait the shift is gone so mm-hmm. what difference does it make if he hits it on the ground or not it's probably not into uh he's hitting them where they ain't probably and um like you mentioned, he's utilizing that speed uh, uh, on those grounders. Yeah, because if he hits the ball in the air, uh, he hasn't shown that he has the capacity to hit for that much authority and power. But if he hits it on the ground, he use those wheels. Uh, but there's a lot of flukiness to his game. But you know what? You will take it right now because yeah, I, sure. eight stolen bases, it's eight stolen bases. <laughs> and he's pairing that with three home runs so far. Well, yeah, I, I don't think like this
1: is going to hold at all. Like Not at these levels. But it is interesting to see that it seems he has made some adjustments in terms of his approach at the plate and doing more damage on when he does swing. And he's still he only 27. He's still only 27. Yeah, I feel like we the, were talking about him, the prospect, like 10 years ago, which we probably were. <laughs> That's the problem. It's the Orioles. and like they, You, you know, just was... have a bias against the Orioles unless their name is Grayson Rodriguez.
0: Or uh, Jordan Westbrook or Joey Ortiz. And no, don't mind those guys, right? Hey, That's no my question, though. <laughs> is it good enough? to hold off the Taron Vavra's, the yeah. Westbergs, and Ortiz's of the yeah, world. Yeah,
1: I think Vavra's too limited defensively. Uh, we, we have talked about how he's one of those guys who I would tend to gravitate towards just because of their approach and their ability to make contact uh, kind of in the, the realm of not really a Luis Arias, but more of a Lu- Luis Guillorme. Uh, but the thing Giorme has going for him is his def- uh, defensive efficiency. Uh, Vavra not really in that same mold Uh, And I think Jorge Mateo playing such good defense at shortstop keeps him there. And then the person who I would think would be at most risk would be uh, Ramon Urias, who, although had a great year last year, uh, we'll have to see if Gunnar Henderson can push him for, uh, you know, the third base job.
0: And uh, really quick before we move on to your infielder, I just wanted to point out that uh, Matt Chapman is leading the league In Fangraphs' definition of war, uh, wins above replacement, the F4. Uh, And that's the reason why I used the gif that I did uh, in the Baseball Life Facebook group as a way to, uh, uh, you know, let the people know that there's a show on tonight. And I did use Matt Chapman. And that's why, because I noticed that he led the league in war. And not just for his defense, but he's... Hitting the crap out of the ball this yeah, year. Yeah, just so. a
1: casual 252 WRC+. Plus. Yeah, no uh, big deal. Not no like it's deal. a 489 Man. BABIP or anything. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just early season fun. But um, he
0: missed the cut because he didn't steal two stolen bases on my filter. Uh, so. he,
1: he only has one stolen base. He just needed one more. Anyway, <laughs>
0: uh, a guy that I've always liked, uh, and that's your guy. You want me to introduce him or you want to do it?
1: I'll let you take the reins. All
0: right. Well, it's a guy I've always liked. He's finally getting uh, more playing time than I anticipated in San Francisco. It's J.D. Davis. I know that defensively he never had the glove for it, but I always – I just wish him – I mean, those Mets teams, the the leftovers that they they can't find playing time for, the Dominic Smiths of the world, J.D. Davis is always a guy I've always liked. And this year I, I actually picked him up in a couple of my leagues, either one or two of my leagues this past weekend. So I'm excited about that. What do you see? Uh, in J.D. Davis this year that he may not have done in years past.
1: He's getting a chance to play every day for the first time since 2019, and he's getting the the chance to do that at one position. I think he's only had maybe, I think, a handful, not even a handful of games at first base. Yeah, he's only started one game at first first base this year, played 10 innings, being primarily their third baseman. Of course, they lost Evan Longoria uh, in free agency last year. And they did have some options at third base. There was, you know, Brandon Crawford could have moved to third or to second base if Correa had signed. Uh, Wilmer Flores was around. Tyro uh, Tyro more of the middle infielder. But this year, they basically they gave him third base. And, of course, they have top prospect Casey Schmidt, who I, I'm really, really high on both for his glove and his bat, uh, but still needs a little bit more seasoning in the minors. And the one thing that people never doubted about J.D., well, Mets fans did, but we know that they're full of it sometimes. JD Davis hit. All he did was hit. He was one of the he posted the best single season home numbers of any Mets player in history in 2019. And that's still a pitcher's ballpark. And to put up the numbers that he did in 2019, where you hit 307, 370 on base, five almost a 530 slug. Uh of course, in 2019 with the offensive. Uh, environment that 2019 was. It was good for only a 137 WRC plus. Uh, but last year, got stuck on the bench very early in the year while the Mets played Robinson Cano and Dominic Smith at DH, and they tried to almost utilize him as a purely uh, verse left left-handed pitching designated hitter. That didn't really work. When he did get playing time, you could just tell he wasn't in a rhythm because he wasn't getting the playing time. Right, gets traded. Uh, in the very ill-fated Darren Ruff deal, who they're now teammates already uh, back in San Francisco. Uh, He was a part of that deal that brought Darren Ruff to the uh, the Mets, and he went on a tear right at the end of the year when he was with the Giants, and they started playing him more and more. And this year, he's picked up right where he left off. He did drop the strikeout percentage, which was something that was starting to become a problem when he was in New York, striking out 32% of the time in 2021, and 33% of the time, Last year, while you know, still recovering from a a wrist injury, but this year, strikeout percentage is down to 22 percent, batting 350, 389, 633 slug. And like I said, the guy has done nothing but hit. And the thing that I think is keeping him very safe right now is the fact he's playing the best defense that he's ever played. And of course, JD Davis, as you mentioned, he never had the glove for third base, which I thought he never had enough of a chance. It was always when he came to the Mets, okay, you're going to be the backup third baseman, backup third baseman and first baseman. And then they're like, oh, shit, we need you in left field. And then he played left field all that year was terrible. Go figure. (laughs) Hasn't played much left field in his, even all of his professional career. Um, And then in 20, it was third base, left field, 50, 50. And then he ended up playing third base. And then they acquired Todd Frazier because it's the Mets. And then last year, it was all as a DH. Uh, But this year, he's always had the arm for it. Right now, I believe he's at like a plus two uh, outs above average, if I could find it. Of course, I'm on the wrong page. Uh, Yeah, he's at plus two outs above average at third base already this year. That puts him in the 93rd percentile. He's hitting the snot out of the ball like he always has. Uh, 3-0... 332 expect batting average top 3% of the league a 430 woba um, and and he fits your criteria for striking out less than 25%. So, I don't think he has the stolen bases. But uh yeah. JD Davis is doing his thing. I've always been a big fan of JD, never been shy about it, and I'm really happy to see him doing well.
0: Uh walk rate's low though. Too low. But
1: you know. he, he, he as a met it was always between like 9 and 12%. Uh, So I I kind of expect that to go up. But I also think that's a a certain thing with him because I just had his savant page up and the swing percentage was up. So it looks like he's trying to be more um, aggressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's up to about 55% uh, climbed up from last year. And I think by doing that, you have shorter at-bats. You're not going to get... Yeah, you're shorter at-bats because you're not going to get into those deep counts and that kind of saves you some uh, strikeouts, but you're also not going to walk as much. And for somebody who has the just, you know, lovely batted ball data that JD does when he makes contact, doesn't even have to get all of it to hit it hard. Um, you kind of, you're okay with that. As long as he's not making, you know, terrible decisions at the plate.
0: All right, let's move on to my outfielder. So we were supposed to do one infielder each and one outfielder each. And uh, my outfielder is, um, it's Ian Happ of the Chicago Cubs. Surprise, surprise, right? Homer. But, hey, yeah. Uh, the You're not going to believe this list, man. But uh, after <laughs> I did all those filters,
1: right? I was going to say, how many names ended up being on that list? Six. Six. Okay. That's... I, I want to hear the other four before the episode's over, but go ahead with Ian Happ. I, I can do that right now. I was actually uh,
0: going oh, oh, to disclose okay. it. Go do you it. want me to do it now or later?
1: Go, go for it. Go for it.
0: All right, at number six with a WRC plus of 127 is Jonathan India, who I was thinking about uh, going with. uh, But I wanted to give my infield, for my infielder, I wanted to give Jorge Mateo some shine, you know, because I think he deserves it. But nice little bounce back here from Jonathan India so far. At number five, your guy, Brandon Nemo at 142 WRC plus. Not sure if that is translating to, um, fantasy points or giving. I mean, he those... he's
1: got a twenty percent walk rate and he's not striking out. He has a, a yeah. walk rate ten percent higher than a strikeout okay. rate. He did hit his hurt first home run today.
0: Oh, there you go. So, you go. so we he probably he's more helpful in, in leagues that give you that account for rate stats. Yes. And once again, yeah. the big knock on him is that he doesn't get the counting stats. So I'm um, see if the, why would not Why would he get
1: the counting stats? I mean, He runs. never does. I mean, he, I mean he's a leadoff hitter. He's not gonna get a lot of RBIs. Well, that's the problem now, isn't it? It <laughs> is a problem. <laughs> oh, another thing about him though is he's never been known for stolen bases. He had three all of last year. All of them came in the last month. He even got hurt on one of them. And it was just like just Brandon, stop. It's the end of the year. Um, this year so far, with the new rules, he's always had the best speed on the team. Already yeah. three stolen bases in the first two and a half, three weeks. Yeah, hey, there you
0: go. We might get to 20 this year. There you go. All right, number 4 Ian Happ at 148, number 3 Paul Goldschmidt at 168 and we all know who Paul Goldschmidt is, right?
1: I I'm just I'm getting bored with Paul Goldschmidt. Like it, like it's he's just so, <laughs> so damn good and it's like boring. He's
0: the 38 9 years old or something like that and he's but it's not producing. like the elite
1: like I mean he was elite last year obviously, he was MVP, but it's not like numbers that like you glance at and you're like, "Oh wow, that's insane." But it's just like that same 30 home runs, 90 RBIs, Plays good defense and it's just like, oh, it's a Paul Goldschmidt year.
0: It's a Paul Goldschmidt year. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. It's uh it's no longer golden, it's just boring. Well, I guess <laughs> I guess depending who you ask, gold is pretty boring. And uh, he's actually 35. He just seems like he's been playing forever, but he's only yeah, it 35. Does, it does
1: seem like he is a little bit older.
0: Yeah, interesting. Uh Ronald Acuna Jr. at number two with the 170 WRC plus. I
1: he's we
0: know who that guy is, right? Yeah,
1: well, I think we know who he is. Really he's good. The num- doesn't like spreading out, uh, doesn't like running down to first base when he hits a fly ball.
0: It's still <laughs> the second best war behind Matt Chapman yeah. this year so far, according to fangraphs. And number one in the hood G is Jorge Mateo with a 197 WRC. plus. So, I, you know, like I said, I normally not a big, I'm not the biggest Jorge Mateo fan, but I figure that he deserves some kudos for the hot start he's out to this year. And I figure, well, I can either go John. Well, I can't. I mean, Brandon Nemo. We all know who Brandon Nemo is, and I figured on this
1: show, people better know who Brandon Nemo is. And I
0: figured you were going <laughs> oh, to get, get him anyway, so I got stuck with Ian Happ as the lone outfielder. Unless you want to talk about Ron lacunha which that's kind of boring. Yeah. But uh, let's see. One first thing that sticks out is that uh, uh, Happ has uh, uh, improved his walk rate from the years past. He's he's up to fifteen percent again. Which what is that? That's uh, yeah, that, that's a career high walk per strike a ratio of 0. 0.65 so that's improving um it's still at 395 babbitt so you know anything can happen between now and next week when it goes back down to normal levels but still
1: when he takes an offer for a series and like the numbers just completely change that's it's always the wackiest part about this part of the season the first month is like you have one great series where you get seven hits and it's like, oh, your batting average just went up 130 points. You go take an over, and it, it drops like 70. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: just hey, look at this, man. Just like uh, Nemo, Ian Happ has three stolen bases. There you go. So, what is that in? Oh, I I clicked on in season projections, and that's I I'm thought I was going to gonna find get his
1: a WAR total. I don't see him in the top. It, it's 50. uh 0.5 because he's a left fielder. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's he's, not he's, his defense probably ain't that good he's never uh, been that good of an outfielder but yeah, yeah like it's all offense with him
0: oh uh, yeah yeah uh, shoot man I'm kind of disappointed that there's no button for me to press uh that I can um get the uh what do you call it the uh the projections for the rest of the year but at any uh-huh. rate uh and all of this would look a lot better if he were a second baseman for real, because that's where yeah. he got drafted as. He got drafted as a second baseman, but we'll have to uh, make do with him being an outfielder, pretty good outfielder. I want to look at his plate discipline numbers because that's always a good indicator as to what has improved. I know Hap has been improving a lot over the years, and this is the complete opposite of JD Davis. He's actually getting more patient, not more aggressive, but uh, more uh, reactive, more more passive. I should I should say with a career low 24.7 outside the strike zone swinging percentage. So he is really just waiting for them to pitch it down right down the middle. And uh what's that? He has a zone rating of 43.5, which would be a career year for him. And uh 11.1 swinging strike percentage. Contact rates are about the same, but he definitely is attacking the strike zone more than ever. So good for him. And you know what it is, Sean, I think having a good team around him, as even though it's, you know, minimal improvements with that team. It I think that might have done wonders for him. They got Seiya Suzuki now healthy. And then behind that is Cody Bellinger, who's kind of having a bounce back season. I don't know if it's worth, if it was worth getting him in the middle rounds of a baseball draft, but it is a decent start to his season. And then Trey Mancini's back there. Eric Hosmer's back there. And Patrick Wisdom is clobbering the ball. And still striking uh, so, out 30% of the time. <laughs> yeah, that's what Patrick Wisdom does. That's why he's not on this list, right? It, but... It's
1: very funny with Hap. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned his like passivity. Uh, he's whiffing less than he has his entire career. Uh, but looking at his year-to-year, because I it felt like that was a thing that I had heard before in terms of like him being too aggressive and then too passive and then too aggressive. And when you look at his swing percentage year-to-year, or almost 50%, 43%, 52% down to 43% and then, uh, 43% again, and then 50% and then 43 and a half percent this year. So it's like an every other year thing where it's like, he feels, I guess, more comfortable swinging the bat. Uh, I guess that happens when you make more contact. Uh, he's making more contact on pitches in the zone than he ever has. Um, but it's just a very weird thing that you see like a, a seven to eight point swing multiple times in a player's career. Usually that kind of trends one way or the other rather than bounce back forth, back forth.
0: Plus he Usually bats at the very top of the order. Sometimes uh, more often than not, it seems like I think this year they're contemplating him, you know, he just got the extension. So I guess they, they want him to be more of a run producer. So maybe it just depends where he's hitting, but right now um, he's actually Hitting the ball to the opposite field more than ever at 37.8% of uh, opposite rate, opposite hit rate. Again, that's a, a that's like well over his career high, yeah. his career average of 25.9%. So uh, yeah, again,
1: this being, cast. Oh, yeah, go oh, ahead. Go, go ahead.
0: I was going to say that's kind of everything screams flukiness about him, but what, what does that stack, stack has say yeah, about him? So
1: the the Statcast percentages for per his battle ball are slightly different from Fangraphs. It's just mm-hmm. the way they, but his pull percentage had never been below 31%, but every other year was 35% or higher this mm-hmm. year. It's 26 and a half percent. His opposite field on Statcast cast is 42%. Wow. That's like, Insanely, and of course, it comes with a 40 uh 40% line drive rate, which sure that's sustainable. But it's like so wild to see somebody that was such a pull heavy guy consistently going the opposite field now and uh still being shifted on half per- shifted. It's not dead people. There's they're, they're still dead. shifting, they're still shifting on people. Um 53% of the time mm-hmm. as a left-handed hitter, and when they're shifting on him. He has a WOBA of 601. <laughs> and he has 54 plate appearances as a left-handed hitter. So 53% of that is, what, 27, 28, 29. Yeah. Uh, so in those 29 at-bats plate appearances, he has a 600 WOBA. That sounds just unbelievably high. <laughs> Don't think I've seen that one before.
0: At any Well, I mean, the stack has numbers look... Just as healthy as usual, so yeah. maybe that is real. Even the expected, you know, the expected stats are supposed mm-hmm. to be much better than what they are now, and he's posting some really good numbers so far. The triple slash line, it looks pretty damn healthy at this point. Uh, but there's a lot. Obviously, it's still early in the year. Lots of things that are unsustainable. But then there's a lots of things that Ian Hatches does, you know, as a player. So I feel more comfortable that this is that we are going to see. Only a slight regression to Ian. Happ. Well, I guess it's a lot more because, like I said, some of these numbers are way too unsustainable. But I feel like we're gonna see, um, like this is more re- more realistic of what Ian Hap can do than uh, as opposed to what Jorge Mateo can do. Yeah, uh, so, and, and yeah, I think I you know he's batting
1: .313 now. Batted .271 last year. Uh, he's his OVP has gone up about what is that seventy-ish points. Uh, I, I'd expect the OBP to stay high rather than the say 516 slug. Um, and then the only other issue I, I would have with Ian Hap going forward is the very, very drastic platoon splits right now. I, I know it's still early, but uh really struggling versus left-handed hitters, uh pitchers as a switch hitter. Last year he actually hit lefties better than righties um but i want to say for his career he's usually been kind of down against left-handed pitching more of a uh, natural left-handed hitter himself uh so we'll see if that can improve but yeah it's uh he's off to a nice little start
0: all right let's move on to the next guy and the your outfielder is james outman which is still the worst thing you can <laughs> give to a a hitter uh not as bad as will ohm man has a relief pitcher uh <laughs> I think there's a guy named Walk. Oh well, Bob Walk, I guess, of long time starting. Michael
1: Walka. Michael
0: Walka Walka Walka
1: Walka But no, that's Waka, the thing. Flocka his is his on. his name is Outman, but he does not get out. Has a four oh nine on base. And Of course, I believe we we talked about James Outman last year. I guess when he no, had this that
0: past off season, this past off season.
1: I but when he got called up, I think we mentioned him because he nope. had a. Not at all, not one. I would have remembered him, yeah. Ah, I have a hard because to- he had that really great series in Colorado. I, I don't know. I, I think I-, I, think I mentioned him. I don't think he was on a minor league episode. I think we talked about him after he got promoted. But anyway, I know
0: that we talked about him this past off season because uh, you were really high in him, and this yeah. comes at the heels of uh, of the Rate Rate and Barrels podcast also talking about him like the week before. Oh no, but they're Sean- gonna say
1: we copied him. <laughs>
0: But Sean, he's he's still striking out at thirty percent strikeout rate. That's that's higher it, than twenty five percent last it, I checked.
1: It's just a number. It's down twelve percent from his okay, once his uh one series sample size last year. Uh, of course, had the great game. I think he hit for the cycle. Was it the cycle or he hit two home runs in his first major league game? But then he proceeded to strike out in his like seven of his last eight at bats. Uh This year, it's down to thirty percent. It was 42% last year, 43%. Um, But in 2022 in the minor leagues, uh, he absolutely just tore it up. And, of course, some of that came in the hitter-friendly PCL. And I can't remember if his Texas League team is a hitter-friendly park because the Texas League is mainly hitter-friendly. But I want to say the Tulsa one is actually pretty equal, if not a pitcher's park. Um, But at both levels, the numbers were nearly identical uh, just had for a little bit more power in Oklahoma City in the PCL, uh, 31 home runs, stole 13 bags, uh, had a 394 on base or 392 on base in the minors, uh, showing off that same skill set so far at the major league level. Strikeouts were a bit of a problem for him in the minor leagues, but he also walked enough to offset that. Um, we've heard this before. Uh, he reminds me of a, a much more athletic Joey Gallo, or even more of what we uh, expected jock peterson to be when he first came up mm-hmm. uh kind of the the high the strikeouts are a little bit high you expect some stolen bases and um Mets just finished playing the dodgers in a three-game series he looked really good Uh great defense as always doesn't chase out of the zone uh really good chase rate so far to start the year and uh he just seems like one of those guys who has a knack for hitting um one of those still you know whiffs too much strikes out too much But if he's whiffing and striking out like this and can still put up these type of numbers, uh, that bodes pretty well. He hits the ball hard when he does make contact, doesn't chase uh, and plays great defense. So that's going to keep him on the field, especially in a pretty uh, depleted uh, Dodgers outfield that is likely not to have Mookie Betts in it with their needs at second base and shortstop, which is going to be wild to see Mookie Betts play shortstop, but he can do everything. So he's going to come out here and like win a gold glove in his first time playing shortstop. Uh, But yeah, James Outman, pretty good job security. Uh, I mean, who's he going to lose his job to? Jason Hayward. It's not happening. So uh, love James Outman moving forward.
0: All right, let's go out to the rubber, to the mound, and talk about some pitchers. Uh, we each got one starting pitcher and one relief pitcher. I'll go first. And again, I have a list of five names of guys who uh, made made the cut of my uh, filtering. And uh, right for the uh, filters I over at Fangraphs, I did a minimum of 10 innings pitched, uh, strikeout to walk ratio above 6.5, strikeout rate above 23.5%. Walk rate below 8.5%, a whip below 1.20, and an FIP of 3.0. And I have a top five list of guys who, uh, top to bottom, the uh, lowest to highest uh, XFIP, which is the expected field independent pitching. Would you like to hear those names now or later? Go for it. Number one. And then I'll
1: try and guess which ones you picked. Oh, I, I wait! I already know. I already know. But you already I, know. My, I was my, my, yeah, I my did bad. Did. My bad. My <laughs> bad. I could have uh, looked really smart.
0: Let's start from the bottom up. So again, Luis Castillo at number five at 2.84. Point, two point at number three, because number four is my guy, but number three is Zach Eflin two point six nine. And, and again, Eflin's uh, not with the Rays, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. He, so he was like already. the
1: first. He was the first free agent off the board last year. I think. Of course, like it was like out of nowhere. Free agency just started, and it's like boom! Tampa Bay Rays three-year deal, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> you don't sign people.
0: They got their guy though. So, hey, uh, the uh, move down to Tampa is already paying dividends for Zach Guffin, so Who could him.
1: have seen this coming? A guy who uh, had really good natural curveball goes to Tampa, <laughs> and they make like, it better. <laughs>
0: it's not like we ever talked about him before or anything like that. So, we don't do. We don't know what we're talking about here. Clearly. It just proves that Philly's just not a good pitching environment, now, is it? No, it's right. not. <laughs> Although I'll give you know, I'll, I'll give Bailey Falter—that's his name, right? From the Phillies, Bailey Falter. Yeah, the a other, the
1: other a... good pitching name. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We didn't talk about that.
0: Uh, Bailey Falter uh, did have himself a hell of a game against the White Sox in Chicago last night. Unfortunately, um, it was with the White Sox pitching staff teasing a no hitter last night. So, would you uh, just... say
1: that the Phillies offense faltered?
0: Yeah, they definitely did. Definitely, definitely. (laughs) Although JT Ramuto was on the bench because it was a doubleheader. Anyway, Uh uh, Taj Bradley just making the cut at 2.12 XFIP. Taj Bradley, how you like them apples? And
1: he is going to be sticking around. He will start on Monday making his, I believe, third start. I think he's made Uh, two. Sounds
0: about right. And number one in the hood, G, Jacob DeGrom at Mm 2.09. So he can't stay healthy, but he's still posting up the big numbers here. Hey,
1: still slated to start on Saturday.
0: Uh, honorable mention goes to, I just wrote him down. Oh, shout out to Jeffrey Springs, which I think I did that already in the, uh, in the original post to get this, uh, episode going tonight. Uh, Jeffrey Springs was off to a great, a fantastic start. I think he had a whip of 0.50
1: 410. one out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Pour, pour a little liquor for Jeffrey Springs, 2023 campaign um it's a we, shame. Hardly, it's a we real... hardly
1: we hardly knew Yeah. <laughs>
0: hey man there was there's always going to be 2022 and the first two weeks of 2023 uh, he was off to a great start and Tommy John surgery so but my guy for t- for this episode will be you know Sean I've always liked this guy and I'm just so happy that he's finally finding his niche in San Francisco which again I'm all about the Giants pitchers man give me Alex <laughs> I'm, I'm chasing Alex Wood Alex Cobb uh, Ross Stripling not looking so good right now, but hey, <laughs> I, I told you guys watch out for Carlos Rodon last year. He, the move to San Francisco is going to do wonders. Watch out for Kevin Gossman. You guys all made fun of me, and now I can add Anthony, an, a healthy Anthony Desclafani, to the list. He was number four on the on the uh, after I did all the filters. He was number four on the ex-FIP list at two point seven zero okay. ahead of Luis Castillo. Um, Interesting. But the but the thing about Desclafani is that you know he was hurt last year. He only made five starts, but when he was healthy with the Giants, he had a hell of a season with them in 2021. Um, So it's, and you know, he's been always a good pitcher, but he, uh, in Cincinnati, it was just not a good place to pitch. It it, it was Cincinnati. (laughs) It was Cincinnati. Right. Now you're going to tell me all Felipe, but where's the strikeouts? It's fine. He hasn't given up a walk. It's fine. He just barely made the cut at the 23.5 threshold. I think he's the reason why I made it to 23.5% strikeout rate (laughs) uh, to be the bare minimum. So with the idea of thinking, well, I'm going to find someone better, which I mean, Jacob DeGrom is better, but we all know who he is. Yeah. At any rate, um, this year, the exit velocity has gone down below 90. It's still pretty high at 89.7%, but at least it's below 90. The 13.5% barrel rate is kind of concerning, and a 48.1% hard hit rate. But you know what? It doesn't matter. He pitches for San Francisco. Those balls it, are going to die in the outfield anyway.
1: 56% ground ball rate, highest in his career by a wide margin. Uh, I was just ab- about to get yeah, to this Yeah, his, his average launch angle against uh, every single year and. His prior was 11 percent or higher. This year, uh, early start. It's going to go up. 1.8 degrees (laughs) is the average launch angle against. They are just hitting it, you know, right into the damn dirt. Uh, So yeah, even if you're giving up some hard contact, uh, you got eight gloves. You got nine gloves, including your own. You got nine gloves. Damn right you
0: do. Damn right you do, Sean. It's all. That's what it's all about. just everything a career low Sierra, the skills interactive era, which accounts for the bad ball. Uh, and then you just mentioned it. I mean, it's all connected here. An improved defensive work by JD Davis as well. So that can only help his cause, but Let's here's where he gets in. His
1: defense looking like this year. Continue. I'm just thinking out loud here. <laughs> is he still good or is he having another like, Oh no, he's terrible. Yeah. Go figure. He's like 37 years, 36 years old. Nothing lasts
0: forever. Pony boy, oh. but here it is, man. Uh, according to Statcast, cast the pitching type he's all but abandoned his fastball his four-seamer mm, yeah that's his four-seamer right yeah and then but that means that he's increased his uh sinker to 31.2 percent. so that explains a little bit why the uh, ground ball rate is high is because his sinker usage has high, gone high also his slider is now his most the, the primary pitch at 40.6 percent. that's a career high usage rate for him for the slider so uh, again, the Giants are known for tweaking these arms. They did the same thing with Kevin Gosman. They basically told him, Hey, why don't you throw the splitter more often? I'm like, really? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just do what we tell you. Yeah, and that I was bet-
1: that was the thing that really broke out Dace in 2021, his first year in San Francisco, was he made that slider his primary pitch. And yeah. last year, he threw it more. This year, he's throwing it even more again. So, uh, I guess he just needs more cowbell, you know, more sliders. Yeah, I,
0: I think that's what, ha- I mean, there's the same thing with Alex Cobb last year as well. I think they made him also, if I remember correctly, made him pitch a splitter at least. So that's, I could have sworn. I read that you could check What's my say? work if you have doubts there. Uh, and then again, the changeup is double digits again for the first time since 2021, which was also a great year for a So uh So everything is, uh, it looks like he's finding his groove. He's finding something that's comfortable and the sinker still, he still throws it in the mid nineties, ninety three point two miles per hour, so it's a steady decline, not a not a precipitous dip. So everything's still good. I know well, how old is he? Thirty three years old. Wow, Jesus! He just turned thirty three years old yesterday. Oh. I, so I was looking seems... back because
1: I was like, when did he debut? Twenty fourteen. I, I would have uh, twenty. Oh yeah, twenty fourteen. He debuted for the Marlins. Uh, surprise! No, I could surprise. swear he was like a, a top Reds guy coming up, but he was drafted I mean, by Toronto. Of one of those many Toronto Marlins deals over the years. but the Jose Reyes deal, maybe?
0: Uh, sounds right. Sounds right. But at any rate, uh, outside the strike zone swing percentage, it's for the first time in his career, it's about 30%. It's barely over 30%. So let's uh, – I don't know if that will go down, but that's a step in the right direction. But hitters tend to not swing at his uh, pitches outside the strike zone. So, that's where that slider comes in handy so if he's if it's really working for him and he's getting people to bite on it then that can only help his cost for the rest of the year uh, and, and i'm sorry that's the stack has played this but not the normal fan graphs but still uh it's still a career high over at fan graphs as well uh 48.1 which is the highest it's been since 2021 swing percentage i should say 48 percent swing percentage is the highest uh it's been since 2021 which, when it was at 48.7 so if he can keep that up, he can maybe duplicate the numbers he did—the same production he did in 2021 when he had a banner year. The con- I mean, he's turned into a, a pitch to contact pitcher. Actually, looks like he's always been a pitch to contact pitcher, but um and, yeah, because the swinging strike percentages aren't there. But you know, he's turning into a crafty pitcher, uh
1: inducing more grounders. And you I mean, know they're what? high. It's- his his strikeout rate is high for him this year. I mean, it, it's like, but like you said, he's still a uh, more of the crafty pitch backwards, obviously, throwing a slider as his primary pitch, kind of sneaking the fastballs by him. Yeah, he's starting but, to uh, look
0: like uh, Kyle Hendricks if Kyle Hendricks had more velocity on his fastball. yeah. I so, mean,
1: this this looks like the, the 2021 Tony Scalfani, Um which, like you said, that's it, a good year. And uh, uh, yeah. It looks so like we're tires. just seeing more of the
0: same. So are my tires. Good year. So He wasn't right, in
1: the, this... the Reyes deal. He was in the this is a name Matt Latos trade.
0: Oh, when uh, right. Latos
1: went from the uh, Reds to the Marlin, I don't really remember Latos as a Marlin. I remember Latos as like a, a Red, Red yeah. and a Padre. Yeah, I think the Marlins ended up sending him to the Padres.
0: Yeah. I might've yeah, Marlins tend to do that. Like, all right. Welcome to the team. And you're, <laughs> you're, you're gone. <laughs> all right, get out. We're just using you.
1: You made four starts or if you're Mike Piazza, you like played seven games and bye-bye you're gone. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, on that note. Uh, yeah. Keep an eye.
0: If you, if, if you still want to see more of him, I would definitely keep my eye on my good eye on this and see if he can really, you know, utilize, uh, take advantage of uh, of the new approach that he has on the mound but also um, see if he could definitely take big advantage of, huge advantage of the fact that he's in, he's healthy and pitching in San Francisco, the greatest pitcher-friendly ballpark of all time. All right, enough about me. How about your guy? Uh, it is a guy I always like. Uh, I like him with the Red Sox, and I definitely like him with the Texas Power Rangers. Um, I, yeah, he's a, I mean, he's easy to like. He has a big fastball, gets a lot of strikeouts, just needs to have a little bit more command sometimes. It's Nathan Neobaldi. Sean, what do you see in Nate Neobaldi?
1: Well, I was shocked that, you know, when we were first starting to do the research for this episode, I was like, okay, let me just go look at the pitching leaderboards so far this year. And uh, it was, you know, the the who's who of all the starters that you expect to see there. Jacob DeGrom, Gerrit Cole, Luis Castillo. Um, and then the one that really stuck out to me was Jacob DeGrom's teammate, Nate Evaldi, Uh because he's the only one in the top 10 that Has an era above like three, I think there's a couple that are at, at three and a half. Um, but Ivaldi's at five and a half era, and I'm like, how is he, you know, seventh and f4, then? Uh, kind of an imperfect science, but expected era of three and a half, a fip of 2.2. Um, basically, he has the same fip as Spencer Strider, uh, and we know how good Spencer Strider is. Obviously, Ivaldi isn't striking guys out like that. But Evaldi is a guy who we've been waiting to be healthy, recapture some of that glory from the postseason that he had with the Red Sox. Um, Yeah. But so far was one of the arms brought in, one of the many arms that the Rangers brought in this offseason. And um, he looks to be – he had one start where I think he was like 10 hits and six runs and only three or four innings. He might have gone five, I don't know. And um, that's kind of ballooned the ERA. Uh, still throwing the ball hard. Uh, definitely a guy I would keep my eye on as, you know, we enter late April, early May. You have some owners that might just grow frustrated with somebody and rage drop them. Uh, we're in, we're both in this one fantasy group on Facebook. And I, I normally don't involve myself in there, but I saw this really bad trade. And the person that was making the trade was Gaining a roster spot in the trade, but still dropping like three other guys. And I'm like, why are you doing? Why are you dropping these guys to make this trade work when you don't have to? And he was dropping Gunnar Henderson. And he's oh. like, oh, he's not doing he, he he's he's doing terrible. And I'm like, it's two freaking weeks. And of course, a, it was a Yan- of course, it was a Yankees fan. Um, oh,
0: I thought I was Melvin. No, <laughs> it was Melvin doing this. But no,
1: again. like a is a guy I could see that some you know owner that doesn't pay that much attention in your league would be like oh this guy's an era over five i'm dropping him if somebody did that in my league i would instantly pick him up uh, he's got a 422 BABIP that's bound to come down that's the highest in the top 10 by like 100 points so uh nate valde uh, look for a bounce back should be going uh going forward um and that texas team i i think they're doing pretty good i can't remember exactly where they are yeah they're first place in the al west right now uh two and a half games over the second place uh angels the astros are in third the astros and dodgers have a losing record let me just screenshot this for the rest of history because i haven't seen that in forever but uh could be a nice little wins stealer you know could uh see like a carlos carrasco esque 15 wins from last year maybe nate ovaldy being a little bit better could get 16 17 wins uh so just a a nice little perspective pick
0: all right uh by the way nate uh, without looking are you looking you're not looking are you I want. at what at At, at the Ovaldi page.
1: no i'm not on the you're not looking
0: Uh, it's closed close it off
1: yes I, I, i do not have it open
0: all right, all right. Without looking. I, I swear,
1: I just have the Major League Leaderboard page up, so I have what's on the dashboard.
0: <laughs> Without looking, who's older, Nathan, Nathan, Ovaldi, or uh, Anthony Disclofani?
1: Oh, uh, I would think they're, uh, they have to be about the same age. We said Disclofani's 33, Ovaldi's 34.
0: Uh, no, this Ovaldi uh, is 33 as well. But uh, okay. This, I was
1: about to say, I feel like they'd be about the same age.
0: He's two months older. So it's pretty funny how uh, how it feels that Eovaldi is closer to 40 but it's just that he's just stayed healthier <laughs> and Discofani and, and
1: even like Evaldi hasn't been that healthy. <laughs>
0: he's, yeah, just he's been healthier like a... <laughs> than
1: Discofani
0: <the> <laughs> by comparison, right? Because we I thought Discofani was still 27 28 years old but he's 33 wow. as well, which was kind of surprising to me. Uh all right, we move on to the bullpens. Uh did I have anything else to add here? No. Uh, for the bullpens, Sean, uh, I had, uh, you know, filters. I had to drop down the filters. innings pitch. Yeah, it's all about the filters. Cold filtered, double filtered, quadruple filtered beer. I don't like like We're beer, not man.
1: sponsored by any brewery. No,
0: I don't know. <laughs> and for the love like of beer. God,
1: we're not sponsored by Anheuser-Busch. Don't attack us. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, listen, man, any beer that you drink, uh, Odds are you're drinking Anheuser-Busch.
1: <laughs> That's what I love about it.
0: They own everything. They own all the breweries. They own all the beers. They, and who them...
1: says we don't allow monopolies in America? <laughs> 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 we just give it a fancy name and a shell corporation.
0: <laughs> oh, my Lord. Wait, that, damn, dude. You just went. Uh, did not expect that from you. Did not expect, Woke Sean Flannery.
1: Woke Sean. Uh,
0: you won't see it much. <laughs> but. You know, everything's about competition until the Monopolies come complaining that there's too much competition. And, so. and
1: it's funny because the Monopolies will say they are competing. They're competing against each other. They're competing we just happen each to each other. Own both. We just happen to own both of them.
0: <laughs> yeah. AT&T, anyone? Uh, yes. <laughs> AT&T, AT&T has such a weird history, but I'm not going to. I, I better stop because uh, I don't want to This get is a baseball
1: killed. podcast, right?
0: <laughs> I don't want to get murdered by the powers that be. Like, Felipe knows too much, but uh, uh, no, that's a good point. Um, it's, it's, they monopolize everything. Well, antitrust, what is this, Major League Baseball here? Which, uh, by the way, if, I, I know that you saw this, but... Are you ready for the designated pinch runner or the designated runner? <laughs> no, actually?
1: no, we're not going to get into this this episode. I, I mentioned we'll be, that as we'll a be joke. Here, we'll be here forever if you start I a on the designated a, pinch runner. We will not end this episode. I
0: mentioned that as a joke a couple of weeks ago. I think we were talking about Daniel Vogelbach.
1: That's why the Mets have Tim LaCastro on the roster. Well, he's well, on the aisle now with phantom back spasms, which well, the Mets are really abusing the hell out of. They've been doing it since last year with uh back spasms and putting people in the aisle so they can clear a roster spot if they need like an arm or an extra roster spot.
0: I'll tell you this much, man. Um yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the Mets are pushing for designated runners just so they can get Daniel Vogelbach. Like does that mean that he that LaCastro is standing behind home plate with a with a runner <laughs> stance on?
1: No, Vogelbach still has to get to first base, I think.
0: <laughs> oh well, I don't know. I don't like that rule. But I know that you could say
1: It's like college softball has it. And I've I watched like college softball if it's on TV or when I was in college and I worked, you know, security like I, I got paid to go to the game. So why not? And they had like the designated pinch runner rule. And I never properly understood that I had somebody explain it to me. And it only confused me more. And so I was yeah. just kind of like, this fan. makes
0: no sense. Not a fan. I don't care if it's softball or baseball. Not a fan. I'm not a fan. I know you could argue, well, they do. They have specialists come in for basketball. Yeah, but once you're in, I guess you can get in and out. You can get benched together. Imagine
1: stuff, but... it, that adds a new uh, roster uh, lineup spot in fantasy baseball. I don't like it. You can just have like a util dash R.
0: No. Nah, oh, I, that,
1: I, you, you don't want to draft runners? Oh, my God. Yeah. That'd be so much fun.
0: No, now we're just getting way too much like football. Like where
1: first round Terrence Gore, it's like drafting a kicker.
0: <laughs> yeah, because he's gonna um, or or who's the other guy? Uh, Ger- Ger- Gerard Dyson. Gerard Dyson. It's funny because both
1: of those guys are like thirty five years old now, but everybody still uses them as the example, even though they're not the fastest. Granted, so... Terrence Gore might be like he was on the Mets postseason roster last year, and it's like he's thirty something, and I still think he's faster than anybody in the league.
0: Yeah, not a fan. I hope they don't go with that. I'm not a fan of that.
1: I don't all. think they will. No, but they're they're experimenting.
0: Any, hey, any, hey, hey, they,
1: well, yeah, it's the Atlantic League. I, I'd rather them do this stuff, like experiment with it, than not experiment experiment with stuff. But that's one I don't think it's going to happen. It's just, I,
0: ugh, it just, ugh.
1: Okay, so score scores only 31, but Draw Dyson, I know, is like 35, 36. Yeah,
0: both with the Royals at one point, right? Yep, that's what I thought. All right. Moving on to the bullpens. And again, the uh filters used for this one was seven and two-thirds innings pitch minimum. The default is ten, by the way. But I went yeah, down. I'll, I'll
1: say most relief pitchers right now have anywhere from like six to ten innings. The That's most being yeah, the, the most being ten, the least being six.
0: That's why I dropped it to seven point two. Uh strike up per walk of eight, strike up percentage above twenty-five percent, walk rate below eight percent a whip below 1.2, and a field independent pitching below 2.0. So the starting pitchers were below 3. The relief pitchers are below 2 because relief pitchers have better uh, rate stats than starting pitchers. I have six names for you. You ready? Here we go. Go, Number six, David Robertson at 2.83 XFIP. Number four, because number five is my guy. Number four is David Betnar. We know who he is. 2.56 XFIP. Number three is Jesse Chavez, 2.50. He Ooh. continues to uh He's going to pitch until he's
1: like 46. He's a relief pitcher, Jamie Moyer. <laughs> that's right. That's
0: right. So we know who he is. Uh, interesting name here. Number two, Drew Verhagen. Verhagen?
1: Uh, Tigers? Cardinals? Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah, he, he was in the uh Tiger system for a while, but, yeah, he's Cardinals now.
0: I, I was thinking of him, but I said, nah, it's the Cardinals. I don't want to talk about the Cardinals. Number one, Jorge Lopez, and I was close to picking Jorge Lopez. Uh, one point eight four uh, xFIP. It's a guy that I really don't like. Jorge Lopez. I think he's more fluky than anything, but he's. Uh, uh, fluky fluky's the wrong word. I'm sorry. And, and <laughs> I don't he's, he's not even the best that.
1: relief pitcher on his own team.
0: That's what I'm mean. I mean, I think John Duran is just like, hey, hello. Why am I? Why am I? You know, setting up for this guy. Hey, he has like four saves. Ooh, John Duran? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Last year he was uh, mostly primary. Yeah, the, he
1: was he was the fireman,
0: the fireman. Like you know, we're in trouble. Base are lot to cut, get in there and get us out of this jam, kind of guy. Meanwhile, Jorge Lopez needs to pitch with the bases empty. There, I said it. But no, but he's having a great season so far, according to Whip. But my guy, you're not gonna believe who it is, Sean. It's another Reds player. It's, it's, it seems like it's a, it's been a very Reds friendly. I hope we have some Cincinnati fans tuning in because it's says probably we don't the talk season.
1: about you guys.
0: I, well, I was going to say this might be the last time, but I'm a big fan of Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft, Hunter Green. I got him, I got a variation of those three players across all my teams, which sucks for me because Nick Lodolo got trashed by the Rays yesterday. So I don't think yeah, I'm going to win my Marty Gras I lead.
1: heard he did not have a very good start.
0: It was awful. I don't
1: think uh, I have like Lodolo anywhere. Like I like Lodolo, but it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, he's a fly ball pitcher in Cincinnati. I've heard the story before. And so I just didn't really draft him at like, his, it seemed like his price just kept going up and up every, uh, like every week going into draft season. Uh,
0: price was right for me, man. Like, <laughs> give me all the little dolo shares I can get. But my guy from the Cincinnati Reds left-handed pitcher, Alex young, 29 years old, crafty veteran lefty, uh, which is surprising. Cause you know how I like my relief pitchers. I like them coming with, with big hoses and, phrasing and just throwing <laughs> throwing the heat 99 I mean I saw Ronaldo Lopez throw 98 99 and 100 miles an hour to get that those final outs for the White Sox last night and I'm like yeah give me some more of that and then here comes Alex Young who is barely getting at 90 miles an hour he throws below 90 miles an hour uh he comes with a sinker curve and change-up combination you don't know what's coming and I think that's probably the allure and why people are finding it very hard to hit against him right now early on the season is that I don't think they know what where his pitches are supposed to go. At least that's my theory, but again, it's a guy who doesn't throw very hard. He throws a sinker uh that looks like it's averaging 89.8 miles an hour <laughs> and he couples that with a changeup that that only gets to what 84 and 84.9 and a curveball just to uh keep hitters off balance, I guess. He throws them just about evenly out. Uh, those three pitches. Kind of like how Martin Perez throws his three pitches with no breaking, breaking stuff whatsoever. Um, at least that's how I remember it last year. Outside the strike zone swing percentage, you know that's like my favorite stat of all time, oh, right? Course, yeah. 47.1%. <laughs> so he's getting people to bite on that curveball or that change up or something. Cause yeah, he's getting people to swing at pitches that they don't want to swing. And then it's it, it, it results in a 34.4% outside the strike zone contact rate, which is just silly. 34.4% is ridiculously low. That means that you're not getting a hit off of this guy, even if you try, even if you get patient, even if you wait. It doesn't matter. This is a crazy stat right here 26.1 swinging strike percentage, Sean. 26.1, that's unheard of. And that's well, because it's probably it's way too early, right? It's too early to be doing this, but. That's why we're doing it because it's so early. We got to do it. We just got to do it. Uh, let's see here. Um, what the hell was I looking for? I was looking for plate discipline just out of curiosity. I wanted to see uh, what, that, what 26.1% on the leaderboard would look like. But, Sean, they changed everything up on me. I don't know where anything is. Oh, there. It's on the pitch types now. <laughs> oh, these guys are going to kill me. So let's see where I'm going to look at relief pitchers. And I'm gonna. click Oh my on God, you're you're percentage. right that
1: Martín Perez really doesn't throw a breaking ball. Ha! Ah, come on, man. He Just has me. a 1.8 percent slider usage this year. It was 1.4 percent last year. Told you. Uh, sinker, changeup, cutter, and throwing yep. a little bit of a four seam.
0: yeah uh, So the movement comes with the fat with the with, with the fastball.
1: It's the Bartolo cologne style of pitching.
0: So I was looking for to see swinging strike percentage, 26.1. That leads all relief pitchers, Sean. This guy named Alex Young. Have you ever heard of this guy before? Uh, it
1: sounds like a, a generated computer name in a video game. Check
0: out these names, though. Guys he's ahead of right now. Felix Bautista, who we like. Yes. Jose Alvarado, who we like. Our oldest Chapman, who we know who he is. <laughs> we know who he is. I've always liked them, too, but. Aroldos yeah. Chapman, not this year though. I, yeah, I always like them. I, I I told you I like guys who can throw really hard. Uh, Fast. We're gonna, we're gonna get, get canceled.
1: We're gonna get canceled. Why? Because I said the word. You're you're saying you like domestic abuser. <laughs> I heard he throw. He has a powerful left arm. <laughs> what? Oh, you're just digging deeper. <laughs>
0: I love Uh, it, though. Continue. Not as deep as I dug to get Alex Young on the freaking list. Uh. (laughs) Uh, Alexis Diaz at number five. Jordan Romano. Gregory Soto. Wow, I didn't realize that he has that high of a swing percentage, a swinging strike percentage, because I always thought that he sucked. Gregory Soto on the list.
1: He does. Some guy
0: named Ronel Blanco. He's from the Astros because, of course, it's the Astros. Oh,
1: no, I actually know that name. Ronel Blanco? Yes, he made a start against the Mets in spring training. And I was watching the Houston broadcast and they had their new GM who came over from Atlanta in the booth while the guy was pitching. And I mean, he was like blowing the Mets away. I think he went like three innings or something like that. And even the Houston GM was like watching him from the booth. And he's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to have to dig deeper on this guy. He's like, I don't even really know who he is, but he's really impressing me right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, only, to... he had only got hired like probably a month before. And Blanco was just one of those like tweener arms. Uh, but they actually, I think they sent Blanco down to get stretched out, maybe I heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Houston, possibly so. But he's oh, he, you know, he, he, impressive stuff, really impressive stuff. Very generic name. <laughs> Who Ronald no, Blanco? He, he's got a very name. white name,
0: all right. Well, I mean, the oh, Blanco means white.
1: I that's what the oh. God. You explain the joke that you explain
0: the joke that makes it bad. <laughs> well, for maybe I, mean, I don't know. Some, we got some guys who don't speak Spanish out there. I don't oh. know. I'm doing them a favor. Uh, David Bettnar, who we all know who David Bettner is. Wandy Peralta of the Yankees and the last guy, number 11. <clears throat> Victory lap time for me. I told you guys the pitcher to get the relief pitcher to get in Arizona was Andrew Chafin, 20% swinging strike percentage. I told you so. But Alex Young is a weird. It's a weird name because he doesn't blow by the, uh, the hitters. He doesn't. He doesn't have overpowering stuff. Um, you know, as you saw, Sean Enosiris's what are they call stuff plus numbers are available on FanGraphs now. Yes, it's amazing. So Alex Young, his uh, his stuff plus number is eighty, which is well below the one hundred threshold you're trying to well, reach. Right. Let
1: me guess. It's like one thirty command plus. No,
0: no, oh, it's not. Oh, oh, that's It is above 100, though. That's that's depressing. Location plus is 103, pitching plus is 100. So, I'm telling you, guile, craftiness, and just pitching know how, man. Just that's that's he's we'll living on long and it, bubble.
1: Gum. We'll see how long it lasts.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But, uh, let's see. I want to take a look at his stat cast numbers before I move on to your guy here. Ah, uh, ground ball, uh, ground ball rates at forty seven point six percent, which eh, right around his career high. Uh, he distributes uh, the batted balls evenly between pole, center, and opposite directions. So not anything too weird or too well. I guess that would be weird, right? Because we're see, we're used to seeing him get pulled and get hit very well. He's been hitting, getting hit hard here as well. Statcast, right? Yeah, the hard hit rate is way up high. So when they do hit it, it, it gets hit hard. Ninety-two point four miles per hour exit velocity. It's a career high against them as well. But zero percent barrel rate. So yeah, we like we said, we they, it, even when hitters make contact, it's probably that sloppy contact that you know that uh, hit off the end of the bat kind of situation. I
1: thought his name sounded familiar. He was a former starter in Arizona. I yeah. vaguely remember him starting in Arizona, like getting called up from AAA and was just like a one of those filler arms, uh, okay, career, that, this makes sense.
0: Career high strikeout percentage of 28.1. That's a career high. So it's not just the fact that he's keep keeping betters off balance and making them hit, uh, weak contact against them, uh, or, uh, unbalanced contact, but he's also striking a lot of guys. So again, a lot of these guys are a little fluky, but this is an interesting name to keep an eye on, especially if you guys uh, for fantasy purposes, if you're in, in a holds league, uh, or even if uh, if the Reds get tired of Alexis Diaz's troubles. I don't
1: know, Sean. The, his, say, they're, they're not what? troubles. They're not troubles.
0: I, I don't know. Something they're, they're, That, that they're one troubles. game where he looked really bad, I, and I looked to myself like, wow, this guy looks – it's like the Puerto Rican uh, WBC all over again with this 1.
1: guy. expected ERA for Alexis and a negative .06 FIP.
0: And we did I did mention him on the leaderboard for swinging strike percentage. He wasn't in the top eleven. Yeah,
1: Alexis Alexis is nasty. Alexis, I I think I think Alexis in the long run could easily be better than Edwin. I I, I'm that serious about it. Like I think Alexis is really. I think oh, you see him? What's he's at like forty something strikeout percentage this year? Every
0: time I watch him play, though, he gets lit up. I don't know. Maybe I should just stop watching him play. The darn eye test again. The darn IT <laughs> test. I'm just saying the Reds have options, okay? They have options if he falters. Yeah. yeah, he's
1: only striking out 60% of batters. Yeah, casual.
0: I'm just saying, I saw he was, he was really bad.
1: I saw him and he had one bad game. One and bad game. That, that's enough. That's, that's the only game that he's given up a run. Hell, that's the only game that he's given up a hit. <laughs> and he gave up two, and it was three earned runs. Who was it against? I, I uh, know I was Philly. watching. It was in Philly. And he oh gave up. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was sad. Two hits, three runs and a walk. That was sad. How can I'm you, just... oh, he, so, cause he only has five and a thirds innings pitch. That's why. Okay. I was oh, going to be sorry. like, how can he only have one game and his ERA is over five? but only five games because, well, Cincinnati's not going to win a lot of games.
0: Well, it just shows that Alex Young is more trustworthy. He has 7.2 innings pitched. Last I checked, seven beats five every time. Michael no, Jordan they, rules.
1: They, they, they got to save him for the closing opportunities that are never going to come. <laughs>
0: I'm just saying. They got options. Derek Laws on the team as well. I like the Reds. I like the Reds a lot. It might not show on the record.
1: I the will 7-11. like this. I will like the second half Reds when and yeah. Incar- Strand, and Ellie De La Cruz and Noelvi Marte, maybe yeah. Noelvi Marte. Yeah, and all of them are on the roster. Then I'll, I'll watch a couple of Reds games.
0: Maybe we'll see Justin Dunn healthy, although it doesn't look like no. it. I'm just naming the names no, here. No, no, I know that he was a guy. Ju- was
1: Justin a Dunn isn't a thing anymore.
0: <laughs> Will Benson? Oh, remember we talked about him last week. He's on the team. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh no, he got uh, sent down. He was. No, he's
0: on the Reds. Period. Uh, he's on the oh, Reds system. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I like TJ Friedel. I, I already mentioned Jonathan India, Jake Fraley, Tyler Stevens. And there's a lot to like here. Will Myers. I still think TJ
1: Friedel and Jake Fraley are the same person.
0: Like, I thought so too Until like, I, they're, they're
1: the, they, they have to be the same person. Just they they'd swap out the uniform. And get a and like a ball, get a ball boy to play for him in the field. They got a
0: guy he, named They got a guy named Stuart Fairchild who gets some playing time. But most importantly, Sean, the legendary uh legendary name of the show, Nixon Zell getting regular playing time as he should and getting playing time at third base
1: as well. Interesting. Look at that. Look at him go.
0: <laughs> Other guys in the reds that, uh, Oh, I guess that was it. Yeah. You mentioned Encarnacion, Encarnacion strand and, uh, okay. That was it. I thought there were more guys. Anyway, let's finish up strong. You got one more guy to go. Your guy is a Cubs player. His goes by the name of Mark Leiter jr. Which is he related to Mark Leiter? Yes. Yes. All right. That's what I thought. Yes. Go ahead. Take it away.
1: Um, yeah, so I've always known, like, like he's been pitching. He uh, made his debut in 2017 as, like, a part-time starter for the Phillies. Pitched again in 2018, then was out of uh, the majors until last year when he came back with the Cubs as a reliever, multi-inning, bulk guy. And he was serviceable in that role. Uh, 67 innings right out of four ERA. Um, doesn't throw hard. Um had, you know, career best strikeout numbers, though, which is always nice. Uh, but the start he's off to this year doesn't make sense for a guy that doesn't throw hard and who's historically never struck people out. Um, yeah, he has the just had it pulled up. And of course, now I can't find it advanced. Uh, if you look at the strikeout percentage of all the qualified relief pitchers in baseball, um, Of course, for some of them, it's very nutty right now. Like I said, Alexis Diaz has a 60% strikeout rate. Jose Alvarado has a 69% strikeout rate. Nice. Uh, but seven, or sixth on that list, sandwiched uh, right behind Josh Hayer and Devin Williams, is Mark Leiter Jr. And he's doing all of this while averaging about 91 miles an hour on his fastball. And when I needed to pick a relief pitcher, I, I didn't want to pick all of these names that, you know, we know, uh, the Batistas, the Alvarados, the Diaz's, the Chapman hater. Um, and so it just really struck me. I wanted to, to point it out. Uh, not like I think it's going to continue, but there is is something to say about it. Uh, 96th percentile and whiff rate at... Uh, just had it. That's for... Uh, I lost it. But it's... Throwing the splitter, that's the primary pitch now. He officially throws that more than any other pitch. Um, and then he is throwing a sinker at 90.5 miles an hour that they're just kind of hitting, uh, not even into the ground. It's almost like it's a fly ball inducing pitch. They're not hitting it hard, though. Uh, the splitter has a 50, almost 57% whiff rate on it. Uh, throws a little bit of a cutter to, I guess, help him out uh, as another weapon against lefties along with that splitter it's just a really weird profile that he's able to do this. I, I don't know. It's very confusing. And I was thinking that mm-hmm. you as a Cubs fan, if you've seen him at all this year, like does he look exceptionally impressive? Like his numbers dictate or is it just kind of like, a, oh, this is what he's done for five games.
0: No, the last couple of Cubs uh, I watched, uh, they just been beating the crap out of the Oakland A's. I don't, <laughs> although I think he did pitch, but again, I must've fallen uh. asleep and that's when the kid, woke me up because he, he, he did not
1: pillaging. appear in the oh no he pitched one game and he went one innings with two strikeouts and a walk that'll uh, work
0: that'll work like I said I think I woke up to the baby uh, pillaging the fridge so yes with the you know, the, the, was, tur-
1: the turkey sausage
0: it was too distracted, too distracted. <laughs> but um, no because Cubs bullpen um, on paper they always look like they should be serviceable at the very least and even no, not like South, but yeah, and but I was saying, and, and that's kind of,
1: and that's kind of the second part of my question here is because uh they went into the year with you know Fulmer and Boxberger as like the closing tandem, but I, I want to say Fulmer's had like a couple of good games and a couple of bad games, mm-hmm. and uh has one save, and Boxberger has uh, no Fangraphs. I don't want to see your ad. <laughs> um, sorry don't demonetize me or take me boot me off the website and Boxberger has one save if Mark Leiter keeps it up is he could he have potentially like this is the fantasy relevance of it is he's off to such a good start and Fulmer and Boxburger themselves are kind of meh I mean Boxberger's got a good ERA through six and a third um, could he be a potential closing option like that that's I'm, to me the fantasy relevance of uh, Mark Leiter jr.
0: I guess anyone could be a fantasy, I think uh, no. uh, it could be a closer. I mean, advert alzale is still lurking around and uh, <laughs> he's also has 11 strikeouts in eight and two thirds innings. Brandon Hughes might was considered for the closer uh, by committee, but he's a well. lefty. We know they never pay,
1: They never picked the lefty. Uh,
0: yeah, but he was in there. He was in the running Keegan Thompson. Although he might be more of the uh, spot starter kind of because he does. He was on the rotation last year. And then Julian Merriweather, who has had some
1: experience. Yeah, I, I, I tried. I thought I was going to be sneaky and snatched uh, him in a couple of leagues where I thought that, like, okay, I looked at their bullpen and I was like, I remember what Julian Merriweather did in, like, the beginning of 2021, I think it was. And he was just lights out for the month of April and then immediately got hurt. And it was right after a bunch of people. Uh, this was when like Toronto didn't know who their closer was. Jordan Romano wasn't really a thing yet. And uh, or he was hurt. And so I just remember it was my first year doing TGFBI. And so many people blew so much on Julian Merriweather. I was one of them. It was my first year doing a Fab League, And I was like, OK, I have a thousand, you know, fictional dollars to spend. This guy looks like he could close for a really good Toronto team. And I blew like 200 of the Fab. Oh. And uh, yeah, so, and then he uh, barely pitched the rest of the year. I don't think he pitched. I don't think he pitched at all And the velocity's down this year. So I went ahead and I, I cut my losses with him where I had stashed him because I'm like, yeah, it's just not a thing anymore. Other I guess the velocity is not that far down, but it's not good. He's not good. <laughs>
0: other notable names in that in that uh, trip, uh, the Cubs, Triple A, Anthony K, right? He, he's still a thing. <laughs> He's still a thing, 28 years old, just toiling away in the, in also, the minors. how
1: is Albert Ausley only – or how is he 28? I would have guessed he was like 22, 23. I thought he was really Ausley?
0: young. Yes. Yeah, they've been trying forever now. Another guy that, that you might young. know, that you might recognize, Ruaniz Elias, former Mariner player.
1: Uh, he was like the best pitcher in the uh, lead on this year, uh, Dominican Winter League.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Tyler Duffy from the Twins. He's now with the Cubs farm system, 32 years old.
1: Duffy. Oh, I re- I remember Duffy. Yeah. yeah, yeah not yeah, to be yeah,
0: confused yeah. with Tyler. Um, no. Or Rogers, Danny. Or Danny. Or Danny Duffy. I think Taylor I used Rogers. to confuse
1: Duffy and Rogers all the time. Are they both lefties?
0: Uh, Taylor Rogers is lefty. Yeah.
1: Uh, but is um
0: Duffy. Duffy Danny Duffy was also lefty. Yeah. No.
1: No. This D- Tyler Duffy.
0: Oh, Tyler Duffy's right-handed. Oh, Sorry.
1: okay. Damn. I, oh no. Camera.
0: camera <laughs> Rowan Wick, uh, who. Ooh, big guy, uh, throws hard. Yeah, my my. I think he, he was always given some got time. Hurt. He always got hurt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then on uh, the uh, uh, under starting pitcher, I mean, well, Caleb Killian is the one guy we know. Uh, he's the top prospect, but it's not saying much. Adrian <laughs> Sampson, who did play on the Major League team last year, and I think he even got some starts last year. Yeah, he
1: was like the bolt guy.
0: But the interesting name here is Javier Assad, who looked absolutely wonderful for the Team Mexico this year. And then he puts on the Cubs uniform, and he looks very ordinary. But if he can figure things out in AAA, come back, he might. You know, I'm just well, saying. He, he
1: came up last year and had like was, or maybe I'm confusing him with the Estrada guy. But they both debuted last year, and I want to say it was Estrada that I liked. He was like the short guy, but he had really good. Um, I don't know, maybe I, I don't know. All these guys, their names just are the same.
0: Well, I, I'm telling you, Javier Assad looked pretty damn good in, in the World Baseball Classic this year. But again, he come he comes to Chicago wears that Cubs uniform and he looked like a
1: pumpkin. But I mean, he had a three ERA last year at 37 innings, eight starts. Yeah, like he was pretty good, but it was like it wasn't as good as the actual numbers. Like it showed he was like more like a four and a half ERA guy. Yeah, too many walks for my
0: taste. I know walks is okay for relief pitchers, but some relief pitchers don't walk that many guys like Javier Assad. But again, if he could just figure things out in the minors and come back stronger than ever. He's only 25 years old, 26 around there. And like I said, I, he looked very promising in uh, in the World Baseball Classic, so I'm hoping that kind of translates. So the Cubs have some options, but yeah, Mark Glider should definitely be the, the first <laughs> option at the if Michael Fulmer and Brad Boxberger, but hey, he's striking
1: out 45% of batters. Like at some point, you're like, okay, like he's doing good. I'm not saying that points now, but in another month, then he's got like a 32, 33, 34%. That's reasonable.
0: And let's finish up with this. Uh, I'm looking at the Fangraphs leaderboards for relief pitchers for outside the strike zone contact rate. And again, We've always been very friendly to the relief pitchers. They are our heroes. And here are some <laughs> names for you, Sean. Outside the strike zone contact rate, Craig Kimbrell, number, 20, number 22 on the list. The Nelson LeMet, remember him, right? Yes. Uh, Michael Fulmer, who we just talked about, he's in the top 20 as well. Uh, you got Dre Jamison, Reynaldo Lopez, Ronaldo Blanco, uh, Andrew Chafin at 40%. Let's keep going up. There's Juan Peralta, David Robertson, Mark Leiter, number 12 at 37.9%. Uh Pierce Johnson with the Rockies, he's still a thing up there. He's tied with Jordan Romano for top nine. Uh, we just talked about Jose Alvarado at 35. Brian Abreu, who was uh uh kind of a World Series darling last year, 34.5 percent. Our guy, my guy, Alex Young, 34.4. I saw the strike zone contact rate. Matt Brash, remember talking about him last year a lot, and then he did not live up to expectation as a starter but he's making himself a name as a reliever for the Seattle Mariners. Gregory Soto at 32.4%. Can you name the top two?
1: Um, I'm probably going to say a name you just mentioned because I was just fascinated by something I saw in paragraphs, but I'm going to guess an outside uh, Araldo Chapman. Or did you say No, him? not oh, okay. in the
0: top 20, no.
1: Um, I'll
0: give you one more. Yes.
1: Are they like household names, either of them?
0: Uh their household in our in our world, Sean. oh um, their household is American, American
1: League or National League. I mean, there's a shit ton of relief pitches Help me number out. Number
0: two here. is in the National League, and you should definitely a household name. Left-handed or standards. right-handed. He's right-handed. Shit, that really doesn't help.
1: <laughs> and number uh, one
0: is in the American League. Uh, I believe he's left-handed, but left-handed. Yeah, he he's been in and out of Will, Will Smith. Will Smith? No. Well, the American League, or well, the National League guy? No. No,
1: the, no, no. Will Smith's in the American League. He's on the Rangers right now.
0: Oh, is he? I, I thought yeah. he was with the Braves. My bad. Make,
1: making a comeback.
0: Okay, so the guy in the American League is right-handed,
1: oh, but okay. he has
0: okay. been known to go in and out of the rotation as well for this team.
1: Right-handed in and out of the rotation. Oh, God, uh, no clue. All right, number
0: two is a household name. You want to give it one more, one more crack in the National League um, right-handed
1: pitcher. National League right-handed, David Bednar.
0: No, 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 not David Bednar. Good guess though, but no, not David Who Bednar. Who
1: are these people? This is bugging me.
0: Number two, Devin Williams with his nasty changeup. Uh,
1: yeah, the Airbender.
0: And number one, you're not gonna believe this, Yoni Chirinos.
1: Ah, okay. I would have never guessed him simply because. He hasn't pitched in like two years. That's and it's right. Funny, little little Andrew O'Sullivan. Uh, he's actually not very little. He's very tall. Um, but <laughs> he's had Yanni Torinos in the thirty team league, and I swear to God, he's been on the IL. Uh, this league's been going. This is year five now. I think Yanni Torinos has been on it for four. Well, the strange thing
0: about Yanni Torinos this year is that he's only doing eleven point six percent outside the strike zone swing percentage, which means that. Hitters are not getting fooled by it, but because they're not swinging at many pitches outside of the strike zone, I guess that translates into a twenty percent outside of the strike zone contact rate. Because everybody's waiting for those inside pitches because yeah. they will pounce on that on the balls inside the strike zone at a ninety point six percent clip. But you know, it, it, I mean, he's still not he getting not, up a lot. He of is not
1: striking anybody out. He, he is not. He had 12% strikeout rate. That is very, very low. But 136 batting average against? Of course, that comes with a 158 BABIP. Uh, a regression is coming for you, Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: Sierra of 5.36. XFIP of 5.77. So uh, it, it's only a matter of time. But I, at the same time, it's a raise. So, uh, yeah, going with a sinker-slider combination with the occasional, what was that, a splitter? Yeah,
1: that so, no splitter he throws a splutter.
0: You think, but yeah, in, hard, in
1: three but... years, in three years, he's thrown a combined 18 innings 2020, 2021, and 2022. 18 innings, yeah. Uh, injuries, so right. I, I wasn't far off, it was three years. Uh, yeah, it was like Tommy John and yeah. the end of 20. Uh, and then I think he just had issues coming back last year, kind of like the whole Noah Syndergaard thing, but I guess even worse because, all right, yeah.
0: You know. Well, let's finish up here. Last words, what ha- what did we learn about today's uh episode?
1: Early season numbers don't matter unless they <laughs> prove what you already agree with, then use it away.
0: <laughs> uh I yeah, I
1: guess uh you know, keep your eyes
0: open. Ah <sighs> I'm, I'm uh, Sean. I'm learning to give people more chances. I think you you realize that, that I, I picked a lot of guys I normally wouldn't. How you at.
1: you picked Jorge Mateo.
0: Jorge Mateo, <laughs> which I would never do in a million years, but he's hitting out of his mind right now. Uh, no. <laughs> Anthony De Scalfani, who, uh who is a pitch to contact pitcher. I would never have given him a chance. I think I just described him as uh, uh, Kyle Hendricks if he could throw harder, if he could throw with a much higher velocity. It's like
1: like the Giants pitching staff the last few years is just like the island of misfit toys. Like nobody wanted them or they gave up on them. Then the the Giants take them and do like one thing, they have a good year, and then they... Either suck the next year, or they get move on to another no, team. And be I good. this
0: it's not misfit. These are these were some highly regarded prospects at one point in their lives. Uh, the, it started with Kevin Gossman, Carlos Rodon is a former first round pick. And Sean
1: Manaya was a big prospect, I think, too, wasn't he?
0: With the uh, A's, I think.
1: I'm not sure who he came up with.
0: It's the I think it was the A's. Then it he got traded to San Diego. Yeah,
1: but I felt like he was a top 100 prospect.
0: Or was he? Was he with the Dodgers? Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, he was uh,
1: drafted by Kansas City in 2013, first round, 34th pick. So yeah, some pedigree there. Um, if I could find his, you can continue. Well, I, just uh, no, when I just
0: started thinking like when I, I know that Sean and I was at the A's I'm trying to think what 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 trade got him to the A's then
1: I can find his transactions
0: 2013 okay yeah was... so
1: he he was a top 50 prospect okay uh, top 100 consensus top 100 between baseball America MLB baseball prospectus topped out at 48 for baseball America and 45 for baseball prospectus. Um, uh, but who, the, who was he the traded tra- for? The trade. Let me scroll down. Because in 2013,
0: the I believe the A's were on their way to the playoffs, and the Royals might have made the playoffs too. Or was that
1: 2014? Uh, traded by oh no, traded by the Kansas City Royals in 2015. Ah, with Aaron Brooks to the Oakland A's for Ben Zobrist. That was how Zobrist got on the Royals championship run. Wow! Look at that.
0: I forgot that Zorbus was at the A's.
1: Yeah. I, I, mean, I remember that for bad memories, but yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh Logan Webb. Although Logan Webb was I think that's might the, be the exception, but the Logan Webb ends up being well, not just the one young guy on, on the rotation for the last three or two or three years, but also the um the best. I mean, he just signed an extension. So that's mm-hmm. how much the Giants believe in him.
1: Did he but get those three year he go got the what, like the three year one or the five year one? Thought it, I was remember. Thought I it was three, thought it was uh, five years 90. Five years 90. Okay, that's what it was, was the one who got the yeah, half got three years, yeah. And then Hunter green, Hunter Green got, got five years, but it could no, be seven. He got six, it, it, it's five guaranteed, I think. Oh, I thought it was six. And then okay. there's like a six year option and a potential seventh year option. It was oh, really God. weird how it was worded.
0: Well, I was gonna say, I remember Alex Cobb being a big deal with the Orioles again, many. <laughs> fail we've heard that story we've heard heard that story before no it wasn't the orioles it was the either the royals or the rays i remember
1: uh uh, both sound actually very true he was drafted (laughs) by the he was drafted by the rays though yeah Yeah, drafted and developed by the
0: rays ah okay that makes okay so i'm I'm confused yeah he he had the two years
1: he had the two years in 2013 2014 uh did he make an all-star team in those years but he had a sub three era um I can't baseball reference is not cooperating with me. This is why, yeah, he wasn't an all-star either year. Um, wow. Never made 30 starts though. 22 starts, 2.76, 27 starts, 2.8. And then he missed two years, uh, came back and had an eight, five, nine ERA and 3.6. And then went to Baltimore.
0: Well, and then the Alaska Anthony, Anthony, I just remember him be, being a, uh, Highly regarded for the Reds, yeah.
1: That's that's why when I saw that he debuted for the Marlins, that made no sense to me. I was like, didn't believe it.
0: Even Alex Wood, for a long time, was a top five, top 10 prospect for the uh, for the Dodgers. Dodgers. The Dodgers, yep. And there you
1: drafted by the Braves. Actually, no, Alex Wood debuted as a Brave. I knew, I I knew that. I knew that. I knew
0: that. Yeah, I think then he might have been part of the deal that sent him to oh, Jesus. Oh, man, my memory, Sean. It's not the same, but it might have sent uh, him and the, the little speedy guy that they had back in the day, the Braves did. What was um, it, the Reds?
1: I feel uh, like his... Oh, I think Wood might have played for the Reds. He, okay, yeah, he was in the Hector Oliveira trade, that crazy um, three-team deal with the Braves, Dodgers, and Marlins. Yeah. Yeah, because that was... Oh my God, uh, with the Atlanta Braves, Bronson Arroyo, Luis Avilon, Jim Johnson, Jose, young Jose Peraza to the Dodgers. The Definitely. Dodgers got Bird, Oliveira, um, Paco Rodriguez. Oops. The Dodgers the Dodgers traded uh, Victor Arahujo, that name sounds familiar. Kevin Guzman, Jeff Brigham to the Marlins. Marlins traded Matt Latos and Mike Morse to the, the Dodgers. And the Marlins in a competitive balance pick to the Braves. Who is that pick? I feel like I should know them. <laughs> it's probably a 2016 draft. We're just like rambling here at the end, but I don't care.
0: Well, I got some more names to throw in the Giants system. Uh Sean Newcomb, you remember him, right? Former Brave as well. Yeah, he no, he came up as a Brave, no. The former, former Brave. No, he came up as an Angel. I remember him because the Angel. No, he got trade.
1: No, he got traded to the Angels and the Simmons. No. Team. No, 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 no. 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 It was oh, Angels it was the opposite. The it was the, yeah, it was the opposite way. Because he got the, sent to the Braves for Simmons.
0: Yeah, Angelson Simmons. The, the Angels wanted Angelson Simmons. and I remember being in a bunch of Angels groups for some reason. Oh. Okay, and that
1: competitive balance pick ended up just to be Joey Wentz. So, not a big no,
0: deal. not a big deal. It might be, but no. But, no, I remember being in a, in a bunch of Angels groups, uh, and they were livid. They were, we're giving up on Sean Newcomb. This is why this team <laughs> sucks. We don't have any pitchers, and then the one pitcher that we have, like, guys, calm down. It's a guy with no control, He gives <laughs> up like six walks per nine inning. Come on, uh, get over yourselves. Oh, but he throws really hard, and then he never, yeah, he he's a hard, hard
1: throwing bit. lefty. So he's gonna get about seven years in the big leagues with like a career six ERA. If
0: anybody can fix him, it's the Giants, right?
1: <laughs> Is he really in their system?
0: I'm looking at it right now. Oh, Roster reason uh, says that he's there, uh, in the uh, Giants yeah, system, signed in uh,
1: February, minor league deal, invited spring training.
0: Trevor Hildenberger,
1: uh, side armor, righty specialist, yep. former Doesn't twins, hard at all.
0: But I think I remember him being highly regarded with the twins as well, um, for a while there. Okay, and so yeah, then one, two,
1: three, four, five. Yeah, this is if um, Sean Newcomb debuts this year, plays this year with the Giants, he'll have played in parts of seven seasons in the big leagues with a career, I guess, about four and a half year. Ain't too bad, but. Yeah, just so he, he, we say this. I feel like it's becoming a, a very recurring theme. When I have a kid, I'm teaching him to throw left-handed and just throw as hard as you can. I don't need you to know uh, where it's going. Just be left-handed and throw it hard.
0: Uh, Joel Ross is also on the team, but he's injured right now. But Joel, I Ross told you was, this
1: is the island of misfit toys. That
0: that's yeah, that, that is misfits. But I think even Joel Ross was even highly regarded coming out with the Nationals, and I didn't realize he was drafted by the by the Padres. Uh, yeah. Here's some names for you on the hitting side. I just saw one. Uh, Clint Coulter. No, that's that's not a guy. Sorry, uh, the guy who, guy. the guy who is a guy. Colton Welker, former Rockies. Uh, yeah, and prospect.
1: then he had the uh, was it a PED suspension or I think it was it was like drug of abuse suspension. I think he had like Something one or two. Like yeah, like one or two of them actually. Uh, he, Casey he Schmidt. Oh, he's I'm really Casey good. Schmidt. He I, he's the guy I, I mentioned earlier in the show when, I, when we were talking about JD Davis. Still finding his way uh, up the
0: Giants, uh, how's
1: he, up the Giants he, how's system. How's he doing this year? Yep. Still I don't normal. know. They're batting 310, but has a 67 WRC plus because he has a 380 <sighs> slug in the PCL.
0: That's not going to do it. But he's hitting 310. <laughs> Ronald Guzman. Remember that guy? Former Rangers. Remember one of the guys? Yeah, he's uh, in camp as with... a
1: pitcher. He's in camp as a pitcher.
0: Or he, Really? He's, he's
1: with them as a pitcher. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I see. Relief pitcher, first base, left field. Relief pitcher. Well, Ronald Guzman uh, was supposed to be the batch of Texas Rangers prospects that was supposed to, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. compliment guys like Joey Gallo and, you know, make one more run with uh, Adrian Beltrade and Elvis Andrews.
1: He had what, the the Condor was his nickname, I think?
0: All I remember is that him and Ronald Guzman, uh, sorry, Ronald Guzman and, and Omar Mazzara. Were supposed to i mean they those were the guys hey they looked apart the they're tall they're big they're huge Absolutely. they should come with lots of like, power they
1: look, they look like a ball player they have a, a hot girlfriend <laughs> as as the oakland a's couple yeah, of names for fictional, you the fictional one said
0: a couple more names for you then we call it quits here I, eisen diaz remember him
1: yeah uh marlins power over hit tool second baseman
0: yeah well it says here he got he was drafted by the Diamondbacks. So was he? I think we talked uh, about he him. He
1: was in the gallon trade. Yeah. Um,
0: God, that's like the umpteen time we mentioned the gallon trade this year.
1: He's, uh, he was, um, hit his first career home run off of DeGrom in 2019, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. On television. I think, yep. the okay. the dad was, yeah, the dad was getting interviewed. Uh, okay. So had, it's the yeah, same yeah, guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, no, the other Matt. Okay. He was trained by the Milwaukee Brewers. The Mar- oh, uh, Christian Yelich deal. Ah, okay,
0: that makes sense. Uh, the other Matt Beatty. There's two Matt Beattys in this world. One's
1: with the Giants. The other one is it the same spelling? No, that's B- uh, uh, his is B A E T Y. Yeah, two. He 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 was like, um, Edwin Rios 2.0 for the Dodgers. They're the most lefty right. power guys. Yeah, he he, I he just got, he got called up for um, a few games, and then they optioned him back down. Okay.
0: Well, the most important name on this list, Sean. It's Gary Sanchez.
1: Oh, you got jokes. You got jokes.
0: I'm not joking. I I still believe in Gary Sanchez.
1: What? No, no. no, Does, no?
0: Wait, hold on. Is there no? Oh, Blake Sable is the backup yeah. catcher, right?
1: Yeah, Blake Sable and Joey Bart. Uh, okay. Joey Bart's uh, coming back from his injuries. He's actually played pretty well.
0: Uh, the good for him. Good for him. Oh
1: yeah. Uh, the more to explain why I'm just not Gary Sanchez. And eight games, 40 at bats in triple A. Um, 156, 325, <laughs> 188. No, <laughs> thank you.
0: <laughs> it's still early, man. Come on, it's still a
1: early. he's a young guy, he's 30 in triple
0: <laughs> A. 30 for catchers, that's pretty young, man. <laughs> we, we know, we know the rules. Oh, god, older is better at catcher. You know, not that. when
1: you debuted at 22. That's no, Martin
0: Maldonado is still playing for for at for the Astros and he's still like too important to be benched right now, even though <laughs> he can't hit for to save his life. Anyway, that's a good place to stop. <laughs> that is Sean over there. I am Felipe. This has been the Total Basis Bases podcast, and we will see you next time. Take care, everybody.
1: Adios.